Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 536 for the 21st of ER in a regular year. So as a little disclaimer for today and possibly for another couple of episodes too, my usual microphone is not working right now. I'm in the process of uh, getting a different cord to connect with it. So if the sound quality isn't up to par today, I apologize in advance and I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I have. I wanted to keep this going. So with that being said, so for today, I want to talk about love. And so love is a topic that we've been talking about quite a bit in the Tanya so far, in case you haven't noticed, (laughs) all about the different types and styles of love that we can have for God. And we gave a lot of analogies in terms of our fellow man. So I want you to take a moment and think about what comes to mind for you when you think of love, what kind of energy. So... Most likely what you're thinking is an energy of giving, an energy of overflowing, of wanting to be close to the person that you love. These are all things that we discussed in the Tanya, and they're all very true and real. And if we wanted to break this down in a Kabbalistic sense, you know, there's there's the right side and then there's the left side. The right side is more considered the side of overflowing, of giving, of kindness. The left side is the side of restraint, of holding back of more judgment, that kind of thing. So which side do you think that love naturally falls into? So most likely you would say the right side, which would not be wrong. That would be a good, correct answer. However, what we're going to be learning about today is we're actually going to be learning about a totally different and radical type of love that actually comes from the left side, that actually is not so much about getting close to your beloved and wanting to give to your beloved, but it's rather more about becoming so enraptured in your love that you actually lose your sense of self and you actually get totally consumed in your beloved and you want to expire in your beloved and you want to lose all sense of identity completely. So I recently read a a short story which really helped me visualize what this type of love is and what it's all about. So I've developed a sort of personal tradition that on my way back from Israel, when I get to the airport, to Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, I buy, a, I go to a bookstore and I buy one or two books in Hebrew, usually novels, like something fun and not too heavy and something kind of light. And I read the books on the plane back from Israel. And it sort of gives me like 
a feeling of I'm still in Israel and I can still practice my Hebrew even though I'm leaving and all of that. So on my recent flight back from Israel, the book, one of the books which I bought is actually a book which I found out afterwards. It was originally written in Japanese, believe it or not, but it's been subsequently translated into English and many languages, including Hebrew. So I actually read the book in Hebrew. In Hebrew, it's called Gvarim Lelonashim. Uh, by Haruki Murakami. In English, it's called Men Without Women. And the book is basically, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of short stories written by this man talking about stories of men and their loss of women and what their lives are like. So in one of the stories, really interesting, it's about this man who is a very successful plastic surgeon and he has a real no interest in commitment and he dates multiple women all the time and he has no interest in committing to any of them and ever getting married but at one point he actually meets a woman who he falls in love with and he falls so deeply in love with her that it actually takes over his entire life to the point and I'm not going to share the entire story but to the point that he actually ends up stopping to eat he ends up stopping to work he ends up unfortunately and sorry if this is a spoiler for anybody who ends up reading the book, but he ends up actually dying of anorexia because he is so consumed by his love for this woman, which he can't have um, because she ends up actually betraying him and running off with someone else and everything. So that's a whole other story. But he basically becomes so consumed in his love for her that he literally loses himself in the love. He literally becomes so consumed that he, he withers away both emotionally and intellectually and even physically where he stops going to work he stops taking care of his clothes he stops taking care of his apartment and he stops eating he stops nourishing himself and he and then unfortunately he dies at the end so why am i bringing up this very depressing story to you it's not to depress you but it's because we're actually going to be learning about a certain type of love today which is of this nature when it comes to god and it's not Luckily for us, God is not going to betray us and God is not going to run away and that kind of thing. But we've been learning a lot so far in Tanya, if you've been paying attention, about love in general and loving God in different ways and forms of loving God. And all the types of love that we've learned about so far involve this energy of coming close to God, of moving towards God. And this is usually what we think of when it comes to love. When we think of love, we usually think of a movement that's going forward that's towards the other person that's like a giving kind of nature that comes from the right side as we've been discussing the side of chesed and and uh and giving and overflowing but today we're actually going to learn about another kind of love a love that actually comes from the left side from the side of severity from, from the side of the gvoras as we know and ultimately the source of that is actually in bina which is also from the left side and this type of love is one that involves a lot more, le it's, it's less about moving like in the direction of, of giving and wanting to be close as opposed to trying to get away from self because not wanting to have any sense of self, self other than God and wanting to be consumed in the one that you love, in this case, God. And again, I don't know if I, it was proper to bring this this story from the book because it is kind of a depressing story and it leaves like this really sad feeling but the relationship here that we'll learn with God again the difference is that God does not abandon us God does not uh, betray us and God actually doesn't want us to lose ourselves to the point of expiration in that way so we actually do need to find a way to balance this kind of love
with being grounded into our mitzvahs, as we will learn. But I think there is something that we can learn from this story and from this idea, this visualization of being so lovesick and so all-consuming in your love for your beloved to the point that you actually lose total disregard for yourself and your whole entire being wants to be consumed and subsumed in God. So this is the type of love that we're going to be learning about today. And for context, we are starting a new chapter. Today is we're beginning a new chapter in Likutei Amarim, which is chapter 50. So we'll get into the text soon, but just as a little breakdown of this, what we'll learn is that the first type of love, this overflowing more, what we commonly think of as love, is likened to the element of silver versus this other more all-subsuming, consuming kind of love is likened to gold. And we'll actually see that there's an etymological relationship between the word silver and the and the idea of longing, of wanting to be close to the one that we love. And we'll also learn about, interestingly enough, that the Levim, the Levites, which my family actually comes from Levites, so this feels kind of close to home for me, is uh, they actually correspond to this other level of love, this this more intense level of love that comes from the left side. So I think let's get straight into the text. And for context, we are beginning a new chapter today. This is chapter 50. We're actually nearing the end, believe it or not, of Likutei Amarim, the first section of Tanya. Very exciting. And so this so this section begins where the Altarebbe says that he alludes to all the other previous loves that we've talked about. They all He says all of these previous loves that we've discussed in the Tanya so far, they all come from the right side and they all are related to the idea of the Kohanim. And because we, because there's this idea, which, and, and this comes from the Zohar where it says the Kohen is a man of Chassad and Chassad again is this right side, this loving kindness, this giving. And it's called, and, and the, and the Kohanim are also called, they're called Kesef HaKadashim, which Kesef HaKadashim literally means a longing for holy things. And etymologically, this we see this phraseology in another place in Breshis, chapter 3130. And uh, this this is where Lavan says to Yaakov, he says to him, that you longed for your father's home. So we see that this word kesef, is this idea of, of longing, of wanting to be close to the person that you love. And, uh, and interestingly, in Hebrew, the word kesef or nechsaf, it also means silver. And so now this is where we're going to see the contrast between gold and silver. So then the ultra rabbi goes on and he says that, okay, so while there's this level of love that is, it's related to this idea of kesef, this idea of longing, which also means silver, there's another aspect of love, which is even higher than this like the way that gold is superior to silver. So it's like, we all know that like in terms of precious metals, silver is very valuable. It's really great. If you got jewelry that was pure silver, you know, it's really nice, but we all know that gold is even higher. Gold is more valuable. And the ultra says that this love, which is likened to gold over silver is like a love of coals, uh, of glowing coals of Rishfei Esh it's called. And it comes from the supernal gvuros, the supernal severities, which come from the supernal Bina. So Bina, again, Kabbalistically, if you kind of have this map in your head, Bina is on the left side. So the, the spheres are Chochmah, Bina, Das. So Chochmah is the right, Bina is the left, and then there's Das. And then there's Chesed, 
On the right side, again, that's when we get into the emotive attributes. So Chachmavina Das is the intellectual attributes. Chesed, Rorati Ferris are the first three emotive attributes. So if you want to, so Chesed is on the right, just like Chachma is on the right. Gvura is on the left, just like Bina is on the left. So there's a connection between Gvura and Bina. So this love that we're describing here, this new kind of love that's likened to gold, comes from the aspect of the gvuras of the left side, which is related to this the supernal bina, the supernal also left side. And meaning to say that this love, so what is bina? We know that bina is the idea of understanding and comprehension. So it comes through the meditation upon the greatness of the insof, the the greatness of God. And recognizing that nothing exists aside from him and through this recognition then the soul becomes really aroused and excited to the for the preciousness of this splendor of God and will want to like look upon the gate the the preciousness of the king and this is just like again if we're talking about these fiery coals of a mighty flame so this the flame if you look at the the energy of a flame the flame is the is moving upwards so if you look at like a candle let's say and you look at the flame of the candle the the fire in the candle it's moving upwards it wants to expire it wants to get away from the wick or it wants to get away if you look at a bonfire if we want to we just passed lagba omer and we know that you know in a bonfire the fire again it's it looks like it's trying to get away from the wood it's trying to expire in its source and so this idea, basically going back to what we're talking about in terms of this love, this is where this element of fire, this godly element of fire that's found in the godly soul. So if you remember, both the godly soul as well as the animal soul are made up of different elements, and one of the elements of which is fire. So this, so if the element of fire predominates inside of the godly soul, this will lead a person to have this great, great thirst. And this great thirst is this feeling of when we say nafshi. So there's a nigan nafshi, and it comes from Tehillim. And it means my soul thirsts for you. So this is like a very thirsty kind of love. It's not just like a quiet love that just like is enjoying the other person's company. This is a, a love that is really yearning and really striving towards something. And it wants to get out of itself. And, and, and not only is it just like this thirst, but it actually reaches the level of which is lovesickness. So it's like when people describe being lovesick, it's a real thing. <laughs> this is this is the source of where it comes from. And not only is it going to come to this level of lovesickness, so first it goes, it becomes thirsty, then it's lovesick, and then it gets to the point of the expiration of the soul in truth. As it is written, and this is taken from Tehillim, chapter 84 verse 3 where it says Gam nafshi, that and my soul expires so there's this idea of love and expiration being hand in hand so this is where i was reminded of that short story that i told you about in the introduction in about the man who fell in love and totally lost himself and his whole entire not only identity but his actual physical body became consumed in his love for this woman. This is the type of love that we're talking about, the type of love that could literally lead a person to losing themselves in the beloved. And now the altar goes on and he says that this type of love that we're talking about, it sounds like this really like, wow, love. This is actually the source of the Levites down here. And then in brackets, the altar says that it's actually taught that in the future to come, the Levites are actually going to be higher than the Kohanim. 
And the Arizal of blessed memory explained this, and he said that there's, uh, he explained the Pasuk, there's a Pasuk in Yechezkel, chapter 44, verse 15, which says that Vehakoanim Halevi'im, where it says, but the Kohanim, the Levi'im, so it's, it sounds weird. It's like, are they Kohanim or are they Levi'im? What are we talking about? So, uh, so the Arizal explains that this is referencing the fact that the Levi'im will actually be the Kohanim of the future. And if we look at what was the service of the Levim, the service of the Levim was to lift up their voices in song and in thanks with great singing and melody and harmony and uh, and with just musicality and all of that stuff. And so if you think about that, like what is singing? What is this idea of the, of the music? The music goes about in this way of like coming and returning. It's Ratzo Veshov. And so this this is this idea like if, even if you think about music in general it has like motion to it there's there's this and their music in particular moved in this way so it was going up and coming down and this idea of Ratzov Shov, this is a capitalistic idea that comes up quite a bit which again this is coming from this idea of like it wants to go up it's like it's it has to force itself to come back down but it really does want to go up so this is alluding to this really intense love that is like this really fiery flame that comes out from the bazak, it's called. So what is the bazak? Bazak is an obscure word that not a lot of people know how to translate. Some people, we don't really know how to translate it. Some people translate it as lightning or a flash. Um, there's an idea that it is a crucible for refining gold. That's one translation. So this is a translation that maybe we can think about here because we're talking about gold. So it's like a flame that comes out of this crucible for refining gold. So it's, it's like coming out of the gold, which the gold again is the that is superior to the, the silver. And it's ex and this is explained further at length in the Gemara in Chagiga, page 13b. And then the altar goes on and he says that we can't really explain this properly in writing, but every person who has a heart, a feeling heart, and, it, and a mind really, and you know, will think on this in, in a really deep way, they'll be able to really connect their minds and their understanding to God. And through this, they will come to find this hidden light in their intellectual soul, each person according to their ability. And then in brackets, the altar by says there are those who are affected like this and there are those who are affected like this, meaning to say that every not everybody's going to be affected by this in the same way. Some people will have a bigger ability to be affected, some people a lesser ability, but everybody will be somewhat affected if they really, really sit and meditate upon, upon this. And then, uh, and, and so basically the idea is that this may sound this like this really crazy lofty level of love of wanting to like really expire within God and like lose your sense of self entirely. However, the altar is saying that there is something to this and there is something we can actually tap into this on, to some extent if we really if we really meditate and we delve and look into ourselves into in a really deep way we open up our hearts to this and then the altar bit concludes and he says but this should be preceded with the meditation of not wanting to sin of, of having fear of sin to move away from evil with completion so that you won't have your sins separate between you and god so meaning to say that just to explain that in more simple terms is that while this might seem really like a really lofty level to become so consumed in God and subsumed in God that when a person wants to lose themselves and everything like that, like, okay, that's all great and good, but we need to ground this first in practicality in the level of 
saying that, okay, but I, number one is I recognize that I cannot sin. I cannot go against God. I'm not going to go against God's will. And as long as we have that basis, as long as we have that foundation, then, okay, from there, we can get to that level of expiring within God. So that's it for today. And we'll continue along these lines tomorrow and get a little bit deeper into it. And I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.